It's The Right Hook with George Hook on Tuesday Travel with Monkon McGann. Monkon, welcome to the programme. Thank you so much, George. Last show before Christmas, so a happy Christmas to you. Thank you, and you too. Uh, are you a traditionalist on Christmas, you are? No, for about a decade I escaped. Every year I'd go to somewhere, to a country, a Muslim country or an Indian country or some country that didn't celebrate it. I'm becoming slightly more moderate about it now. Are you? Yeah, right, very, okay. slightly. Okay. If I can avoid, avoid it, I can Right. I think children make it. Once children get involved, Christmas becomes important. Last week, in an extraordinary expose of Southwest Donegal, you had me, you had me just absolutely gobsmacked about what I didn't know about the great county. Where am I going now? We're going to go somewhere warm and in Europe, we're going to go to Ibiza. No, nothing about Ibiza. Ah, oh, Ibiza. Again, I hadn't been there and I was going there, I was there and everyone was laughing at me. You go and clubbing, you're going to get be, you know, out of your mind on drugs. And I, I was afraid. I thought, like, what sort of hellhole is this that has such a bad reputation? I want to try and co- and, and pre- preach to people that there is a different side to Ibiza. There's a whole Where world. is it? So it's one of these Balearic islands. So it's in the Mediterranean, off the coast of, of Barcelona, off the coast of eastern Spain. All basically. right, okay, okay. And uh, so... Um, and again, it was it was taught it was thought long ago that remember when where Odysseus meets the sirens, yes. uh, and he has to tie himself to the pole so he doesn't get lured away by them. Some people think there was an island off Ibiza that this happened. So it's a, sort of a classic right. paradise Mediterranean okay. island. What Ulysses did is he tied himself to the mast, mm-hmm. and then he told all his crewmen to put wax in their ears so That's they it. couldn't hear the sirens. But but he wanted to hear the sirens, so he didn't put any wax in his ears, but had to be tied to the thing because. Otherwise, the ship would have finished up on the rocks. Yes. Yes. So, uh, and Ibiza has kept on this idea of being an alluring, a mythical place during the during the Franco regime. Uh, so, uh, Ibiza is Catalonian, which is intriguing. So, the language, the signs are all in Catalan. Uh, and be- but because it was so out- isolated from Spain, Franco sort of gave it, gave it. He ignored the place, and so a lot of liberals and free-minded people who wanted to escape the oppression of the regime, uh, escape in Spain, in mainland Spain, went out onto the island. Oh, I see. So then, when then in the sixties, when other alternative oddbods, hippies and gay people, and uh, you know people who didn't fit into the norm, the conservative Catholic vision of Spain went there too. So it's always been marginal. It's always been, has had this um, escapist idea. And the local people are so laid back that they just shrugged. Whoever turned up, whatever practices and odd uh, beliefs they had, they just, they sort of shrugged and accepted them. Which is how we get up to these, you know, you now it's the clubbing capital of the world, unfortunately. It became polluted, all that nice What ideas. do you call the clubbing capital? What does that mean? It's just huge um, mega nightclubs and discos in Santa, San Antonio uh, on the um, west of the island is the capital version. And there's these, there's these nightclubs that are just famous, like where thousands of people every night will, will take, uh, you know, MDMA, so some sort of drug or acid, and just trip all night long. So Pasha, yeah, Pasha in Ibiza town, Amnesian in the town of San Rafael, or Es Paradis in, in San Antonio. Yeah, I tell you, you're quite well up on these places, even though you pretend you're not. <laughs> I ignored them yeah. as much as I could. But what has happened, everything is changing, okay? What happened last year, Jersey Shore, you know this MTV TV series, this yeah. sensational lascivious uh, TV series, where they sort of exploit, um, sort of 
places with a bad reputation. They were going to film a whole series in Ibiza. And the islanders, 130,000 people live on the island, they signed a petition saying not to allow MTV. They were sick of this idea of the bad reputation that Ibiza gets around the world. They didn't need... It was a very poor island, so they always sort of felt they needed these sort of, you know, tourists who were coming to get out of their minds on drugs they're thinking no longer we don't need them anymore so they signed this um, they signed this petition which didn't really have an effect but then the local business association said it got insisted that every business would have nothing to do with MTV until finally MTV had to move on it was like it was a great victory so there is a new thing they're realising as an island of 130,000 people we do not want 6 million people coming here to get drunk and out of their face on drugs every year so what's their alternative going to be they're going to go back to the traditional life that they've been practising there basically using the traditional fincas, the farms, and everything grows. I mean, the lushness, you know. So all over the island, you're still seeing fig trees and almond trees and carob trees and vegetables and fruit, which all went to wild. During the years where they were getting so much money from discos, they didn't need to cultivate anything, okay? Then along comes 2011, Forest fires, massive forest fires. France and Spain send planes to douse the flames. But they say, we're not going to do it again. Unless you cultivate your land and manage to control forest fires, you're, you're, you're in trouble. They also, they tried to get water to douse the fires. They had no water left in their aquifers because all these tourists have been using it for, you know, perfectly swimming pools and for a million showers a day after they're dancing. So they're they're in the process of having a new turnaround and this is what I want to focus in you. In the process. Uh, yeah, so there's, well, there's some examples, there's some fine examples that I want to point you towards of the okay. first people who are looking at native agricultural food restaurants where the food is just from the fields around you. Okay? Right, okay. The main farm that have been doing this, have been sort of preaching this message of ecological, environmental, sustainable tourism is a place called... Um, Canmarty, and it's in the northwest of the island. So mainly, when you're thinking of the island, all those tourists, they fly into Ibiza town, the airport just south of Ibiza town, and they more, mainly go to San Antonio, which I said was where all the nightclubs are, or to Plata en Bosso in the south. Uh, and there's a few, the places I'm looking at are the villa in the middle belt of the island and then to the north, which is still pristine. Up the hills, very hilly, the hills are all old growth conifers. Uh, you know, kind of slightly below that then are, are terraces where people used to grow vegetables which all went wild and then in the valleys are these beautiful villas these farm villas and Canmarty again a 400 year old farm and there's only I mean it's very, there's only four apartments and a little cottage on it but it's a, like a model of what the other ones these you know there's a concept in Italy called agroturismo which is basically a hotel or guest accommodation on a working farm uh, now, there's a load of these that call themselves agro-turismo in, in, in Ibiza, but they all actually, they're fake. They all have cultivated, uh, there's no real farming going on. They're just posh hotels with nice cultivated gardens and then these swimming pools. And swimming pools on an island which has severe water shortages is just not sustainable and it's not ethical. So a place like Canmarty, it recycles all its water. All its wastewater goes towards growing all the vegetables that you're going to eat in the restaurant. All The swimming pool is a natural swimming pool with rain, using rainwater and using without chemicals. And these other agro-tourism are beginning to catch on to this and, and copy it. But even in the shop there, like rather than all the big concrete hotels on the beach that most people in Ibiza go to, where every bit of food is imported from mainland Spain or from northern, from northern Europe, everything... In Canmarty, is in that's that you get in the restaurant, but also sold in the shop, is from the air area. So organic beans, lemons, tomatoes, strawberries, saffron, almonds, olive, carob. I just want to show there is, you know, there is this new uh, wave, and if we can support it, then Ibiza has a chance of being sustainable. Otherwise, it's just going to be another one of those wasteland, desert wasteland, like you see in the south of Spain. Um, 
the, the other the great sort of places is uh, there's one there's sort of one restaurant which again promises its farm to table which is La Paloma this gorgeous Italian restaurant it looks when I'm talking it's a bit like northern San Francisco or you know northern California you know the older wine groves that very rich organic way of living everyone outside in these beautiful yeah. vine, vine terraces um but there is also culture. I mean, a place like Ibiza, as I say, that has been talked about since, since the Odyssey. You know, you can clearly there is going to be layers and layers of history, and the old town Ibiza, which again, if you want that whole just to see the rural idyll, you're not going to spend too long in Ibiza because there are there is a lot of nightclub and a lot of loud partying. But the old town, right in the centre of it, Daltaville, is basically a 16th century fortadel built by Prince uh, Philip, by King Philip II of Spain to combat. So they're in the middle of the Mediterranean. Okay, and what was happening in the 16th century? All these Berber pirates, these North African pirates were coming in, Moorish, and attacking the place. So they built this bastion, this thick-walled fortification to withstand layers and layers of bombardment. And nothing has deteriorated ever since. So it is still... Um, the centre of the town, with like some great hotels in the walls of the old bastions. A bit like, have you ever been to Malta, La Valletta in Malta? Which you just see, it's like stepping back into 16th century naval, Mediterranean naval architecture. And nothing could ever destroy these buildings, so you can still walk around them. So it's like spiralling layers of cobblestones right up into the cathedral on the top. And even like two years ago, they found a room from the 15th century that had been blocked up during an attack, okay? No one had been in the room since the 15th century. You go in and you find all the old muskets and the spears and whatever was left there. It, there's, there's a really powerful sense of um, stepping back into history, not only 16th century king, but basically that centre, that rock fort in overlooking the sea in, in Ibiza was also the fortification where... The, where they protected against, where the Phoenicians, when they controlled the island, where the Greeks, the Carthaginians, the Romans, the North African Moors, all used that as their area. It's it's like really potent and really eerie. I, I mean, it's, it is now. There's now tourist restaurants and, and museums, but you get a sense of uh, of an unbroken tradition. You get you get beneath, you get under the surface of modern day Ibiza there. But what about you? Speak Spanish though. I do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but uh, what about me? Like uh, all that I can say is "Donde está uh, <laughs> car park." <laughs> That'll do. You'll be perfect. Uh, you, uh, good point. You do need to uh, driving will help you a lot. You do need to rent a car when you're here, uh, and it, you know the way in Spain it's cheap. It's like thirty euros, thirty five euros a day. But just because the roads, as always in these places in Spain, are excellent, excellent quality, the ro- safe, the road is safe, and that means you can find these little hidden beaches. Because again, although you don't know, people's impression of. Ibiza is it's just these big party beaches with people drunk until sunrise, dancing with huge boombox speakers the size of cliffs blasting out drum and bass all day and all night that does exist but you can ignore that if you go up to the north you find these little coves that you can only enter in uh, by a kayak or a boat or or by hiking down a cliff um do be careful. I got. I was there a few weeks ago, and I got severely badly bitten by a jellyfish. A big wounds, a big welts all across my hand, my my upper arm still from it. Um, but anyway, finding Burned these. Burned by a jellyfish is not a good idea. No, I know, and particularly you don't know how severe it is. All I, you I don't know because actually, uh, a well-known uh, former rugby international who shall remain nameless, it wouldn't be fair, but was swimming in the sea in Bermuda. Uh, got stung by a jellyfish and finished up like in intensive care because it can actually give you a heart attack. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. And for this reason, that's why it is hard to You probably were wearing your tweed suit from last year <laughs> and it protected you against jellyfish. The big thing it shows you is how lucky we are in Ireland. That we can swim almost every day and most of the jellyfishes that you do see off Ireland aren't going to be, aren't very severe. They're certainly not as severe as the as the jellyfish that got me. Did you get any uh, medical attention? I tried to, I was, I was going to try and piss on it, which is the best thing to do at the time. Pardon? Uh, you don't say urinating. On a jellyfish. On a, you on, get me the sack. I'm sorry, but I was trying, but it was in the wrong position. It was on my shoulder. No, I went into a I, cafe. I, I don't know how you would do it onto your shoulder. By I don't know either, no. Um, That's not a clever way. You should have gone to a very minimum a chemist. Yeah, I, I, the thing is, this was one of these, I'd found a secret beach and I'd had to walk down a cliff 45 minutes down a tiny steep lane and getting up that thing with the agony, like I almost fainted a few times. So I, I wouldn't recommend that particularly. Um, anyway... I do want to mention, yeah, so if you're in Ibiza town, that old, the old town, there are some great museums. Uh, there's Clearly it's an archaeological museum, history, but the museum dedicated to the Arabic era, to the museum Ibiza, is definitely uh, worth checking out. What, Good. what about bikes and, and walking and all that sort of stuff? I always think islands are mm-hmm. good for that kind of stuff because you can't go very far. Yeah, and again, they Abita had ignored all this. Every focus was just on on nightclubbing until very recently. But they're realizing if they're going to have a sustainable form of tourism, they're going to have to go green. So, like the island is very small; it's like forty kilometers by twenty kilometers wide. So it's ideal for exploring and walks. And they've they've now just created about thirty routes, which are some are more suitable for walking, others for cycling. But a lot of them can be done with both, and they're color graded in the same way as you know ski routes are color graded. So you know how severe it is. Um, you can either get these maps, download the maps uh, onto your computer, or get the maps from a tourist centre. But there's two big sort of tourist agencies who will guide you on the walk. One is the uh, the Ibiza Walking Association. Um, Rob Smith he's the man also who writes a great book on secret beaches uh, but the real trail in Ibiza is finding your own secret beach you know anyway and getting o- stung by a jellyfish okay the other is walking Ibiza which is run by Toby Clark they will take you out for the day or for a group of people for about 125 euros which is sort of expensive but that's your transfers uh, from the hotel to wherever you're going and that, for a group of six people it doesn't work out as much but otherwise if you're there on a Friday or a Wednesday they have community walks that you can just join for a tenner and you know, follow them wherever they're going. But otherwise, I mean, you'll find the trails are really easy to download from the from the Ibiza website, uh, the Ibiza tourism website. The lovely walk. There's a lovely walk to the highest mountain in Ibiza is Satalia, and the walk from San Jose to Santalia takes about it's 14 kilometers. Takes about five hours, and uh, the, the the highest peak it's only whatever 470 meters. But it's a gorgeous walk to right overlooking the island. Um, it's a looking at like 360 degrees around uh, in the Mediterranean. It, it is beautiful. Otherwise, in the northeast of the um, of the island, now Portinax, Portinash, I think it's pronounced in court in 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 Catalan. Um, the walk from the resort of Portinash out to the Faro del Moscator, the the lighthouse, this 1970s lighthouse, gorgeous trail all along the coast and the water there. Again, this is what's famous about the area. This sort of the mix, this this the sea has this colour between deep blue and turquoise that is so crystal clear. And all you find these ill coves and the fishermen's huts where they keep their boats during a storm, they used to take their boats into these caves built into the rock. They're still there, and the same fishermen are still working these caves as always has. So like we're in a we're finding a culture which it's not it's just in the moment of losing its old cultures and you know going towards the modern world but it is now decided let's go back to the tradition. So it's a great time and now's the time to um encourage them to say look yes yeah, going you're going to have a few years 
getting over the fact of losing all this money for the, the drug takers. But the idea, if you do make that island sustainable, you know, Ibiza can, can now, continue. How do you get there? Can really easy, you know, Ryanair, Aer Lingus have flights. Direct? It's, yeah, direct flights. It's very hard to say how much, you know, you'll get there for 150 euros. You get there for less again if you go on a Ryanair sale. And as you know, can be up to 500 euros if you're going on Christmas. No, but do you have a direct flight? Direct That's flight. the point. Yeah, yeah. And not every day. So the thing is, both both have their alternative days. So you can, either, you'll always get there with Ryanair or, a B, or Aer Lingus. Uh, very easy to get there. Okay. Yeah. And the thing is, what's nice, it's not as far as the Canaries. And yet, just the weather is still pretty fine. Like, it, you know, I was swimming beautifully two, in two weeks ago and it was, it was plenty warm. Now, when you say um, you're flying, you're flying basically to Barcelona, same as flying to Barcelona. Exactly, well. exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, it's, I mean, it's very easy to do. Um, now, you're yeah. not a fan of sort of two uh, location holidays, are you? You wouldn't go to Barcelona for a week and then no. whistle across. No, we've got to cover Barcelona at some point, actually, because we haven't done that yet. That is a phenomenal holiday. No, the one thing I'd like to do, there's, someone has set up a new uh, thing called... A, Ibiza four day challenge that basically as I said it's only the island is only 40 kilometres long by 20 kilometres wide so there's these people who are you're circumnavigating the entire island almost using kayak hiking and cycling it's some it's some trips so you start off in the capital Ibiza which is on the southeast coast you go down to, to, to the Las Salinas which is the old salt plains like for centuries they've been making salt they've been drying marine salt out they're still doing it and these salt plains which you've ever seen salt in plains in Bolivia anywhere in the world they're this eerie reflective uh, desert like expanse with the you know this beaming sun reflecting on the white sand so you go down this area which is a wildlife haven because it's a perfect migratory stop off point from birds coming from Africa into the salt pan and then on up to Europe so you cycle down there uh, on the first day for about 65 kilometres uh, and then in the afternoon you kayak about 10 kilometres out to a beach place and you camp there overnight they have tents all, 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 all over there so they cook a lovely like really good home cooked food on the beach the next day you're kayaking for 9 hours 30 kilometres of kayak which is tough you pull in at lunch in this secret uh, uh, cove that can only be accessed either by kayak or a very steep walk down a cliff um, and then the next day you're hiking uh, for again 25 kilometre on the crystal coast so when all these hippies started coming into Ibiza they were all after these quartz crystals that you get on the island which they believed had uh, sort of housed the spiritual entity and purity of the island so as you're walking along this crystal coast you're seeing all these lovely quartz bits in the ground below you Um, and then on the final day it's a 50 kilometre cycle back to Ibiza again so it's some experience. Four days. It's like it's anyone could do it. It's not too much of a challenge. <laughs> what do you mean anybody can? Fifty do it? kilometers slowly. Look, look, I mean, you just said nine hours in a kayak. Yeah, that'd be tough. You're going to get blisters, but it's possible. Yeah, oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> can I recommend some hotels and some? You better quickly. Yeah. Okay. First, the restaurant you need to check out is uh, is Green Beets, a uh, Wild Beets. So do you remember Cafe Paradiso in Cork, the first vegetarian yeah. restaurant that yeah. made an impact? Yeah. And converted, confirmed meat eaters would eat, would try there and would think, God, actually vegetarian isn't so bad. Wild Beets does the same for raw and vegan food. You eat okay. there and you suddenly realise, God, well, raw and vegan food can taste phenomenally better than any other okay. type of meat food. Right, I believe you, but yeah. we're not going. 
Okay, good. Not to, not to that place, no. But you will go to Ibiza. You're going to stay in either Can Marti, as I said. Can Gaul is another 200-year-old farm with some accommodation. Casa Vilda Marga, another 400-year-old country house overlooking a deep valley with lovely Arab aquifers running down out of it. Um, and I, all of these pieces, the food will be from the local area. You'll be staying in an old traditional. Yeah, I like home, that. Okay, house. but I'm not doing the four-day challenge. You don't need to. You don't need to. You're going to be eating the very best of local, uh, well, local food, drinking local organic red wine and all local olive oil. So well, that's local, the, the olive oil is great. Yeah, yeah. So the place to go for that is Oloteca Cezeskol. They have all these tastings uh, set up to show their olive oil at the best at their best. Um, all right, uh, well, uh, that's it for 2015 from uh, Moncon again. Uh, Moncon, thanks for 2015. We Thank look you, forward to 2016. Uh, Tuesday travel, Moncon again. Uh, happy Christmas. And to uh, you too, George.